We are in the second week of Lent in a series entitled Repentance to Renewal. It's a series about looking at who it is that we are, uh, identifying areas in our life where we need to better be right with God, to seek His grace and His truth, to be changed and transformed by the presence of His Holy Spirit. That's what Lent is all about as we move towards the Easter season. Last week we looked at what it all starts with, humility, acknowledging the need for grace and His leading in life, to humbly submit to that leading and the will that He has for us. And all the rest of the series is tied to that, humbly coming before God, just as this morning is closely related to humility is to come and acknowledge one's sinfulness and the sins that are in our lives. And not just to acknowledge them, but then to confess them before God, seeking to be filled with His grace and with His forgiveness so that we can be right before Him. There's a number of places where God speaks about that all throughout Scripture's Today, I've chosen two God revealed to me to share with you. The first is found in 1 John 1, verses 8 to 10. We'll be reading that in just a moment. And then also Romans 3. We're going to read verses 23 to 26. So I just ask, as you come before God this morning, your good, good Father, your great Lord, the God that desires a right relationship with you in each and every way, to open up your hearts before him and receive his word and his truth. Hear the word of the living God. 1 John 1, verses 8 to 10. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar. And his word has no place in our lives. This is the word of God. Might it be written in our hearts and lived in our lives. So I think at face value, when you look at verse 8, I think it's fair to say that, that probably nobody here has a problem with that, right? Anybody think they're perfect? Now, in all the conversations that I've had with people, um, I can call it inside and outside the church, I think further than that is people who have received Jesus Christ as a forgiver of their sins and those who haven't. I haven't found only but one person once who said that they were sinless, that they were perfect. Just one. That didn't last too long. I think we acknowledge and we know that we have sin in our heart and and in our life, and so we accept this truth to recognize that that's clear. And yet I want to urge you to look a little closer at what it says. Verse 8, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. And then you go on and you read the rest of the passage. What is it about? It's about not just acknowledging sin as a reality in our hearts and in our lives, but acknowledging sin constantly, all of the time. 
daily, recognizing that, that probably not a day goes by where we're perfect, where we don't fall short, where we don't need to confess. And that's what that's about if we claim to be without sin. See, it's much further than just this overall big picture part in terms of looking at our lives. Because God certainly wants us to be right with him in a general overarching sense, but he also wants us to be right each and every day. Would you agree with that? Yeah, always wants us to be right. And if we fail to to confess our sin, we're living with deception. It's just that simple. And, And that's how much he wants us to be right with him. You know, when we tend to look at that, the wrong way, that this is a God sometimes that is just always saying, no, 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 you're doing wrong. or whatever. No, he, he shares that, and he wants us to think about what it means to be right with him and confessing sin, not having deception in our lives, so that we're right with him. So that his goodness and his grace can fill our hearts, and it can be present. And we can live with the joy of that thing called redemption, uh, the blood of Jesus Christ and the presence of the Holy Spirit inside, that's, that's what this is all about. That's his hope. That's his desire. It's also what we struggle with. There's a couple of big obvious things in the world today that create a lack of confession. First of all, there's a lot of times where we've been sucked into believing sometimes that sin is not sin. And so there's this changed definition of what sin is according to the word, uh, word of God that exists in culture. And that's sec- secular relativism at its, at its best, and I've shared that a number of different times. The world has somehow gotten this idea that whether it's an expert or me personally, that I can define what sin is. And it doesn't matter what it is that God says in response to sin or how he identifies it and what he calls it. We just put it into our our own little definition sometimes. Culture does. And sometimes we buy into that. I could give you all different kinds of, of examples of that. Another problem that we have is is that we're really, really good with rationalizing our sin. So when we do something in response to either someone else or something that happens in our life, we're really good at justifying that behavior. We can make it be perfectly fine because, well, we want it to be fine. And that's not even the areas where we obviously acknowledge that we've sinned and yet we don't confess you got all of those things working in our hearts and in our lives in various degrees and ways everybody's different but the bottom line is is if we fail to confess that and we fail to to honor god by coming before him and seeking rightness we live with deception whether it's overt or not it's still there. And that's not what God wants. It's not what he desires in our hearts and in our lives. He always wants us to be right with him. Always. And I wonder sometimes if we recognize how much that's true. 
I think if we got it completely and wholly, we would never sin. I love the words of Ephesians 4. That whole chapter is great. But then it comes down to this. I want to read just a few verses for you out of Ephesians 4, and you think of of what's up on the screen. Here's what it says. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only that which is helpful for building up others according to their needs that it might benefit those who listen. So who we are and what we say and what we talk about in terms of other people, is that true? Unwholesome talk, what's defined in that? What does that look like? And then it says this, and and do not grieve, here it is, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed by for the day of redemption. Have you thought about the way that you act sometimes in the sinfulness that you have in your heart and your life? And again, everybody's got it, right? That it grieves the Holy Spirit? That's pretty powerful. The God who died on the, on the cross for us, Jesus, that, that we would grieve, that we would grieve the Lord by our sin. I, I think about that uh, often and think about it not, certainly not just in the, in the lives of others, but in my own heart. That the sin that I commit grieves the Holy Spirit. Verses go on. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Pretty powerful stuff. If we fail to do that, if we fail to acknowledge and we fail to confess our sin, we're allowing Satan to deceive us, to think that everything's okay or right with God when we're not honest and forthright and come before him. And I would submit to you this as well. When that happens, and I don't know where you're at in in your walk with the Lord, I don't know if confession plays a regular role in your prayer life. I don't know what that means and what that looks like. If you do confess and you spend a lot of time with that and you're just laying things out before God because you want everything to be right, you don't want any obstacles, you don't want any barriers, and you think about what that looks like in personal relationships, right? There's all kinds of telltale signs about that. Maybe you stop having devotions because you know you did something wrong. As if God doesn't know about it and you can't tell him about it and walk through it with him. And and then there's all other kinds of things. I've seen it reach just this incredible, it takes on a a growth of its own. That first it's, it's maybe personal time with him and then it's time in worship or in other areas because your sin just eats away at you and it's a decay and you just refuse to have that conversation and acknowledge to God what's wrong. And I, I don't know, again, what everybody's prayer life is like, what your confession is, exists of, if it even exists at all. But I do know what God has to say about it and what he desires and what he wants in your heart and in your life. 
He doesn't want any avoidance. He doesn't want any running. He just wants you to come before him. Say, hey, I messed up. This is who I've been and this is what I've done. And I need to make it right with you. When we fail to do that, I want you to think about this. It gives way. It opens up the heart to grace and forgiveness. And when we're unwilling to confess and take that time and spend it, it diminishes the view of grace in our life. It just does. And the need for it. I, I, I talk to all different kinds of people who, who again, don't have Christ in their heart and their life. And part of the reason why is, is that whole greatest deception thing, speaking of deception, I'm good enough, so I don't really need to deal with that. I'm getting it right. I'm being a good person. Sometimes that's how we function as followers of Jesus, isn't it? This is not about everybody else. This is about us. Because we're quick to do that too, right? We can point every finger at everybody when all God really wants is for us to take a look deep in our heart, to open up our heart, to get closer to Him, to seek His grace and His forgiveness. And that's indeed what confessing does. Verse 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Think about that. It opens the door to be right with God. It's a door that, that, that Jesus is just standing there waiting for you to open. To be able to come clean speak freely with him about who it is that we've been and what it is that we've done. Again, why? Because God just doesn't want any issues. He doesn't want any problems to exist in our relationship with him. It's that simple. That's, that's the desire. And we're willing to do that and to acknowledge that. Then the grace and the forgiveness comes. And it fills our heart. It's a completely different story. Do you ever remember as a child or maybe even as an adult when you did something that was wrong and you, maybe the other person, you knew they even knew it, but then you, you went and you went before them and you, you, you just let the, spilled the beans. You just told them what, what it is that was wrong and what you had done and, and the difference that is after that person gave you grace and forgiveness. I hope that they did. It changes things. It's incredibly refreshing when, when that happens and you take the time to try to be right with each other, to hear them give grace and forgiveness too. It's profound. It sweeps over us. It fills our hearts. And that's what God is, is saying. That's, that's what I want between you and me. I want you to know my grace. I want you to know my forgiveness. That's why I'm asking you to be right with me. That's, that's, that's it. I want to flood your heart. I want to fill your days. No issues. No guilt. Just grace. 
Sometimes people struggle with confession because they think, well, you know what? I asked Jesus Christ for my heart. That's all I need. It's kind of like a once and done deal, right? Well, I don't know. I'd say all of you look to be pretty clean. I'm looking close for dirt on the face or hands. Not really. Do you take a shower every day or do you wash up periodically? God loves it when we spiritually spiritually scrub ourselves. Tremendous truth. When God's grace is front and center in our hearts and in our lives. He wants it so much so he gets pretty bold in this passage. Did you see verse 10? Do you remember what it said? I'll read it one more time for you. It says this. If we claim to have not sinned, and I want you to think about that again, not just in an overarching way, but each and every day, opening up our hearts and spilling it out, letting them know. If we claim to have not sinned, here it is, we make them out to be a liar. Maybe your first thought was, I would never do that. I'm sure that's true, not intentionally. God desires rightness. We might think that that's harsh. That's okay. God's big enough to handle it. It's really hard when we get called into account. And that's what God's doing. Just to be right, to to take a look. Again, not at everybody else, just at ourselves. The nation of Israel had a really hard time with rightness. You can can read all about it. They, They were always wanting to do what they wanted to do. They are always just presupposing they had the answers. And doing things and being people that weren't right with God, even though he told them time and time again, sent him prophet after prophet, gave him his word. All God wanted was rightness. Do you know the words of Romans 3? I said, I think, read verses 23 to 26. I'm going to read a little more. This is a a powerful, powerful truth as well. If we think that, again, thinking about sin and what that is and how we define it, how we rationalize it, how we don't confess it sometimes. Here's Romans 3, um, 21. I'm going to go a couple verses past 24. But now a righteousness from God, apart from the law, has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. I'm going to read 25 and 26 as well. God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement 
through faith in his blood. He did this to demonstrate his justice because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his justice at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus Christ. There's a lot in there. I think, again, the first thing this does in terms of it really sets the tone for what is sin and what isn't sin. A righteousness from God, apart from law, has been made known. God spoke through his word. He speaks through his Holy Spirit. I've heard a lot of people say, you know, um, well, there's other ways. And I look at Scripture this way, or I view it this way, and, and before you know it, it's all twisted and bent. There's other alternatives, Right? New truth, even though Jesus spoke about that, crossing of a T, dotting of an I. Righteousness, righteousness from God. God's the one who gets to define what sin is, not us. And then again, he gives grace. And that's what it's all about. Did you catch that? Not only in this passage in 1 John 1, but in Romans 3. He wants us all to know him. He wants us all to acknowledge that we have sinned and we fall short of the glory of God and that Jesus is the one who makes the difference. He's the one who brings the healing. Out of his justness and rightness. That's what he died for. Sin. Yours. Mine. Everybody's. All sin, all forgiven by the blood of Jesus. Hmm. Pretty big challenge, isn't it? To daily be right with God. To take the time to say, today, God, I messed up. Here's what I did. Verse, verses in Ephesians 4, just a short list. We can fill in the blanks. We know who we are and what we do. Other people might not, but we do, and so does God. Just that rightness. And that's a challenge. It's a challenge of, of Lent, of Easter, repentance and renewal. Part of that is confessing our sin and seeking renewal by God's righteousness and his holiness each and every day. There's a great um, video that I saw, a skit, that really presented what it looks like, I think, to carry your sin around with you and not confess it. Take a look at the screen. Hey, Kath. Jesus. Oh, it's been a long time. Yeah, um, I didn't expect to see you here. Whoa, what's that smell? The smell? Oh, um, well, that's my trash. I just, I'm a little embarrassed about it. Oh, well, is that why you've been avoiding me? Avoiding you? I, I, I haven't really been avoiding you. I just, you know, I don't, I don't want to get close to you. I mean, I, I just, I don't want you to smell it. 
I'll take it, Kat. Come oh, on. Oh, no, 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 no. That's okay. I mean, I made it. It's my trash. You know, I should carry it. It's, it's, it's okay. Yeah, but Kat, I mean, this is my job. Right. I take people's trash. That's what I do, so... Right, okay. Well, maybe I could go and just clean it up a little bit, you know? And then I'll just... I'll come back. No, Kat, I don't need you to do that. Um... Okay? I'll take it from you so you don't have to carry the weight. Oh, well, I... Come on. Uh, just, oh, just hand it over. Uh, all, right? all right? Let go. Let go. Yes, yeah? Just, yeah? Yeah? Uh, How's that feel? Weird. Wow. That is crazy. Yeah, just loosen it up a little Whoa, bit. check that out. I don't know if I've ever moved like that before. Well, I mean, that is crazy. I just, I feel so free and alive. I, it's I mean, the lack of trash. Wow, it's just like, this is the craziest feeling I have ever had. I just, it's like something's missing, you know? Well, I, I just, Get um, used I, to feeling free, because that's yeah. what you are now. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, what okay. are you doing? I just, I gotta get one thing, okay? Hold on just a minute. Get here. one thing? No, 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 don't open the bag! Jesus, thank you so much for your sacrifice. I really appreciate all that you've done for me. What's going on here, Kat? What? Look, I'll take the trash, but you need to put that back. Oh, um, no, actually, um, that's okay. This is mine. It's my piece. I want to keep it. No, it goes right back in the bag, so I'll help you. Here, no, 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 put no, no, it no. here. No, Jesus, I, I need to remind myself not to make more trash. I mean, that just Kathleen, makes sense. I will remind you not to make more trash, Oh, okay? well, Jesus, you know... That's what I do. I mean, we'll walk together. I know, but I should be in a better place than this by now. I mean, I just, I'm constantly doing things wrong, you know, and I, I'm just, I'm constantly letting you down. No, the only thing that's letting me down is, is, is you taking the stuff back. Okay. Look, I took care of the trash before you even created oh. Look, don't you see what's happening? Every time I take your trash away, you come back and, and take another piece. And the more pieces you carry around, the more trash you attract. It reeks. Cat. when I look at you, I don't see your sin. I see you. The real you, the free you. This is what I'm fighting for. This is what I died for. Jesus, I'm sorry. I just, please forgive me. I've already forgiven you. The question is, will you forgive yourself? desires. Let go and let him go. Will you pray with me? Well, God, I thank you for your grace and your forgiveness. Lord, we humbly confess there's things we just want to hold on to. Things maybe because they make us feel good. We feel right about Lord you desire us to let it all go to bring all of our garbage before you so Lord I pray for that truth I pray that that's who we would choose to be Lord each and every day oh God your grace and your forgiveness would fill us 
and be filled with the joy of what that means and what that looks like. And it'd be visible. People would see it, would know it. They'd be seeing you, your grace, your forgiveness, your rightness. Might it be. In your name we pray.